Welcome to episode 68 of KT Confidential. We are your host. Stop rubbing your hands. Sorry, it's it hasn't soaked in yet. He's talking about the lotion. We are your host, Ariel Cremendi, Adrian Trot. And we, today is we, uh, we never talk about our companies. Actually, we we got to get a proper intro. But we've also never talked about ourselves. Hosts, people don't of know KT our confidential don't know. owners of KT Realty, KT uh, Property Management, and Inc. the Cremendi Trot team. People don't know about us. We need to do that one day. Number 19 team in the country for Century 21. Yes. We Sometimes we got to do some of that chest pounding stuff. Yes, I agree. We're great at what we do. You know what's funny? This and morning we're... I was dropping Tessa off at school and she always, so they have this kindy pen area. So the kindergarten senior J, at JKSK, they go into this penned in little fenced in area. It's like a farm. It is. And she likes us to wait and watch while she plays until they go in. So I was waiting, hanging around, waving to her every now and then. And then this woman walks up to me. She's like, are you Cremendi Trot? And I'm like, I'm one of them. And it was was funny. So I met her. Her name was Rose. Had a cute little dog. Funny you should say that because I was at, uh, so on family day, we went, uh, myself, Nat, and the boys, we went to uh, the Sherwood uh, Community Center. They had their- pick up my mug. With your hands? Yeah. And drop it. Um, the new one. I still haven't been there. So they had their grand opening and family day um, events happening. They did a pretty good job, actually. Anyway, so we were in the um, in the hallway having some grand opening cake, and uh, randomly, this guy comes up to me. He goes, uh, "You're a real estate agent." I said, "Yeah." He says. Uh, is your name Ariel Cremendi? I said, yeah. He says, I watch you all the time That's in bed. <laughs> I'm like, great. <laughs> That's funny. Like, uh, You had to add I, that in, I, in bed. Yeah, That's yeah. what people do, though. They go to bed, they right. pick up their phones, and that's when they have time to catch up on shit. Yeah, I told them it must be my soothing voice. Yeah, maybe we should do some. What's that called you guys were doing while I was away? ASMR? Yeah. What's his name? You, you Talk to him right now. You haven't tried it yet? Talk to him. Talk to who? The guy that listens to you in bed. Oh. <laughs> Do you want to see me naked? <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe something real estate related. <laughs> Pie shape lot. <laughs> you you got to listen to some of that stuff. It's, it's, it's kind of weird. weird. It's yeah, very yeah. weird. I don't see that. I, don't, I, I don't will say it. this, though. I found one where... I don't know what she uses. She like tap on shit. I saw one lady was well, tapping on wood yeah, with her nails and yeah, yeah, it's a whole bunch of sounds and voices and stuff like that. But this this one girl that was I was following, you were actually I, into this. Well, I I I gave myself a week. Okay, and um, I put on the ear uh, the uh, noise canceling headphones. Right, so nobody would know what you're listening to. Well, no, just to block out any other noises. Okay. And um, some of the, like with the vibrations and rubbing and things like that, it literally makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. And it does this weird thing to your body where you just become completely entranced in this like deep state of 
I don't, I mean, I'd have to try relaxation. It. And then and, there are others um, that freak the hell out of me. Yeah. Well, that's the ones I've heard just would make me giggle. Um, there have been a couple that have kind of, I don't know if I should be talking about it, but they kind of turned me on. Like they were almost um, pornographic in some. Like an audible porn. Kind of. Yeah, kind of. There's a new business idea. Audible porn. You know what I thought would be a great idea for porn? Is if you could, uh, like, like, let's say you wanted to um, watch some pornography uh, on whatever, but you were envisioning a specific person, right? People fantasize. Maybe it's... Uh, uh, an athlete or a celebrity or, you know, a real estate agent, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm talking about like people that fantasize about. Yeah, no, no, I get it. Go on. Right. You upload the image and then. It creates them? No, it, it shows you all of the porn with the matching, the, the most suitable people. <laughs> so you tell this website so like, what your taste so is. Like, right. Uh, well, sort of. So let's say, uh, I don't know, pick, pick, a, pick a celebrity that uh, you're attracted to. Um, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. So you up or you. you and just, she's on my list. Alicia knows. <laughs> what's the list if you ever if you ever had that opportunity oh the yeah. running yes yeah um so whether it's jennifer lawrence or whatever yeah no no it's jennifer I, lawrence yeah okay so let's it, work with it, this it, it, jennifer lawrence so you yeah. type in jennifer lawrence and it gives you all the all the jennifer lawrence lookalikes right too. no i don't think that would work you'd need it has to be the same person so with asmr i thought it would be a good idea to um you know cater to people's needs were you listening to a man's voice or a woman's voice i've tried both okay um so specifically when it turned you on was it a man's voice or a woman's voice uh it was a woman's voice (laughs) it wasn't like uh i wasn't getting aroused no no i I get it i get it it. was like more um yeah just just it strikes certain things right yeah I don't know. It's weird. It's really weird. <laughs> okay. So what a way to start yes. KT Confidential episode 68. We've our already, real estate podcast. Uh, just yeah, for those real of you that don't podcast. know. Well, you were just saying people don't know about us and we've started talking well, about I, porn, I didn't know so. that about you. <laughs> <laughs> about what? new every day. Well, that you were into ASMR. Well, that you, you, no, no, that you tried it for a week. I get it. Yeah. I don't know. It's just hard. Plus my uh, Bose head canceling or head canceling. Yeah. Should yeah. sometimes um, noise canceling headphones. They're unbelievable. That technology. I find my ears get really hot. Oh, right. Like they don't, it doesn't oh, they're, breathe. They're over ear. Yeah. yeah and it doesn't breathe enough. Right. And uh, if, if you try and lay on your side, it's impossible. Right. So right. it's uncomfortable really. Yeah. You should but, try the uh, new AirPods. You'd like them. Yeah, I, my old AirPods working fine. So, no, but they have the canceling. I don't need, and they're it. more comfortable. The old ones, I found, because they're so hard. When you keep them in too long, they get they hurt. Yeah, I don't like to keep. Think about this: you're putting electronic technology like an inch away from your brain, which is sending 
wireless signals of many different kinds. uh, Yeah, but I mean, you're exposed to it indirectly all day. Yeah, but you're putting it right up against your head. I mean, you get in your car, you're probably sitting in a Wi-Fi Bluetooth enabled cocoon, right? Like it's just full of stuff. In fact, they've come up with technology that uses random radio waves to charge batteries. That's how much stuff is out there in the air. Right. It's crazy. How does it affect us? Uh, we won't know until we're dead. Dead. Anyways, on uh, today's podcast, let's get into it. The market is hot. Hot, hot. So we want to help buyers. Is that a song? Sing Could be. Hot, hot, hot. We want to help buyers figure oh, out how oh, to buy a house when they're in competition. Because And why not to be afraid of it? Because it's inevitable right now. 90% at least of homes being marketed currently on the GTA. In all are, price ranges. In all doesn't price matter. ranges. Doesn't matter. Well, maybe not so much over $3 million, but okay, pretty maybe. much everything underneath. Yeah. Um, list one day and accept offers in anywhere from three days to... Oh, man, I've seen two weeks, three weeks, which is stupid. But anyways, the point is they are not accepting offers right away. Uh, They are setting up an evening um, or a time in a day anyway, I should say. weird times. Yeah, stupid. Uh, Anyway, they're choosing a time in a day to review offers. Some will accept offers or I should say review any potential offer prior to that date and time. Right. Some will not. We have two of our listings tomorrow set up for offer presentations, and we did not accept offers prior to. And we did have offers, like people did ask us. Yes, there was interest to bring offers forward. Right. So that's what we're going to chat about, because I think a lot of people are interested in knowing it. I think people should be educated properly on the process. What to know, what not to know. Yeah. Well, and for those the how-tos. Just before we get into that, just to say, if you are considering to sell, if you're, if there's any idea that you may want to sell this year, now is the time to do it. It is definitely a seller's market. A hundred percent. Stop no thinking about it. Call your realtor, get them in and get your house listed right now. Now, buyers, how can we help them? Well, I think we should also talk about that statement that you just made about sellers buying or selling right now because it's a seller's market and it's super hot. The response that you're going to get from most people or the thought that most people will have, where, where, what am I going to do? Right. What do I buy? Yeah, I can sell at the top of the market, but now I got to buy something too. So we should talk about that. All right. Well, you also get a lot of people that are moving further away. So they can cash in at the high end here and the high end elsewhere is not going to be as high either. All right. So where do you want to start? Well, um, I think a big thing is conditions. Because... If you're in multiple offers, one of the first things people are doing is removing conditions or tightening them up. 
So what I mean by tightening them up is when you have conditions, let's say a home inspection, common request is to have five business days to complete that home inspection. So by tightening it up, you would be shortening the amount of business days that you have to complete it. Um, and then there's many people that remove them all together. So what you need to determine is what is your risk? If you remove the home inspection, what are your risks? And knowing those risks is important. And if you're including it, we talked about this recently, what is it costing you to have it in there? In terms of the purchase price. Right. So if, let's say there's two offers. So let's, let's back up just a little bit because I didn't think you were going to start there. Let's talk about the mental part of the game. First of all, there's lots of terminology here out there. Bidding wars, which I, I hate, but in actuality, that's what it is. Um, multiple offers, offer review date, holding offers, blah, 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 blah. Let's talk about the, the mental part of the game. Because there are some people yes. that as soon as they hear a home is going into a bidding war, that's the street jargon. Right. They say, oh, they, they put up their hands and they say what? I don't want to get into a bidding war. And they, you know what I think causes that is they associate the, they think the whole sticker price thing. Oh, I don't want to pay more than the sticker price. I don't want to pay more than retail. You know what I mean? But the list price, I think this is the first thing people need to get over. The list price is often just an arbitrary number that one person selected. It may or may not be a good indication as to what market value is. Well, I am going to kind of touch on this for one second. None of the homes right now on the market in the GTA or even surrounding the GTA, Hamilton, Kitchener, Waterloo, Guelph, I don't know, anything within an hour drive. Right. The asking price is a marketing price. Right. That number has been strategically thought about between realtor and seller in order to get you attracted in some capacity. Right. It's rare that it, it's not. Right now, well, a year ago, different case. Yes. Totally different case. A year ago, homes were being listed for what they were anticipated in terms of market value. You could walk in. If you offered them exactly what they were asking, chances are you were getting that house. Right. That was a year ago. Two years ago, much like today, so you had a little bit of a, a little bit of an up and down hill over the last couple of years, three years ago, it was much of the same. So a lot of people don't know what's happening. You know, they don't, most people buy homes every five to 10 years. They don't know what's going on in the market right now. Yeah. But right now, you know, February, March of 2020, the asking price is simply a marketing price. It's a general guideline of what the value may be, but you need to be working with a Not real... necessarily. No, I know. I mean... Not necessarily. There's lots of homes that are selling for 800000 that were listed in the sixes. Yes. That the most recent comparable may have sold in the sixes. Yeah. 
Another thing it may be off topic, but we get a lot of inquiries for listings that we had years ago from people using these weird third-party websites that don't update their data. So you need to stop searching on your own. Somebody messaged us the other day about a listing they saw on Trovit. Right. Uh, Yeah, that's what what prompted me to say it. Yeah, well, I'm going to call them out because Trovit's a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you sent me for... Some counseling or ethics course on that. Yeah. Trovid is a piece of shit. They have list. They purge the listings from everybody and then put it put it on their website. It's a four year old listing, and then they're contacting me and and interested. Yeah, no shit, you're interested. The condo is six hundred thousand dollars currently, but it was listed for three hundred thousand four years ago. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, and this uh, and then you know people say oh but it's a it's a lead it's somebody that's interested in buying and selling real estate no it's somebody that should be renting well it's somebody that can't afford right to pay well and it makes us look bad i you know we, yeah we, sure cuz people think oh why didn't you take it down and then we have to explain them how it all works yeah no it's a Anyways. bullshit process anyway um all right so you started talking about con- so so now that mental barrier of okay Offer night, I'm going to, we're going to put an offer in on this house. We like it. We can see ourselves living there. We're going to put an offer. Do you care how many offers there are? No. I mean, it will influence you for sure. You have to take it into consideration. But at the end of the day, you need to make an educated decision based on, you know, having somebody advise you realistically what sort of price range is it likely to sell in? Understanding that is important. Sometimes somebody will just blow you away with a, a crazy high number. And that happens. You have no control over it. But it doesn't hurt to try. Well, like that condo that sold here in town. Yeah. It was listed for uh, the one that I lost out on. It was, uh, what were they asking? 419 We helped, just to premises, we helped three people buy towards in the, in the fourth quarter of last year. Same condo. For three ninety to four hundred, right, and then just after the last one of those deals of ours closed, yeah, another one went on the market for four nineteen and sold for like four ten, something like that. Yeah, so the next one to come on the market was for four nineteen. Oh. Makes sense. Uh, our investor clients were interested. I put an offer in. Our offer was four thirty five because there were eight. I believe there were eight other offers. It was a lot, yeah. It sold for four eighty-five. That's crazy. Most recent comp was yeah. four oh nine, which was just a few weeks prior. Now this one was nicer. It had a, you know, a few upgrades on the inside. I gave it at about uh, twelve to fifteen thousand dollar additional uh, value over that one. So that puts you at like four twenty, four twenty-five, right? Because so, of the amount of offers, we went in at 435 firm. The agent who I know messaged me back and he says, I'm sorry, I didn't give you another opportunity to revise your offer. Because it just made no sense. It, Yeah. He said it was just stupid. Yeah. And when I found out the next day what it sold for, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. So you never know. So that but does you, happen. You, but yeah. so you need to know. And you cut your losses. You yeah. say, well. If somebody is willing to pay that. Right. The however, challenge is, however, you're going to say the same thing as me. Although I think in this case, it doesn't. 
apply, but you go ahead to a certain degree. <laughs> it sets the benchmark for the next one. Right. Although there's, there are some things where you just, it doesn't really, like people aren't going to list them now for four. Okay, so let's put that scenario into play. So with that condo right now, if one of our investor clients said, well, that one sold for 485, the market's really heating up. I can make a quick $30,000, $40,000 clear after everything yeah. and just holding this for the last few months. What would you list it at right now? Right. Well, uh, who knows? But I, I, I couldn't give a definite answer, but I would say it definitely increases the, the value of them. Well, your, instantly. Your, your median uh, value right. is now It's probably gone up to like higher. 450. Right. Something like that. So it's definitely in, increased the value of all of them. Right. But it doesn't set the benchmark in this particular situation because it's so significant. Yes. It's not all of a sudden they're all worth 480. Correct. Not to say one won't sell for that, but and there's a lot there, of variables. And there are a number of those condos. So unlike both homes that we're accepting offers on tomorrow evening, um, they're very replaceable, right? Like how how replaceable is the property? Right. And what is what is the likeliness that you're going to find one like it or similar to it? You're talking about the condos. I'm talking about in, in general, if, right. if you're putting an offer on something, one of the variables is if we don't get this one, can we find another one? Right. And then if we do, is it going to be at the same price? Is it going to be more? When is that going to happen? Because if it's in a month or two months from now, you can end up paying more. So all of this goes into the buyer's mind. Uh, it also goes in through the realtor's mind, right? Because you're trying to prepare an offer that's going to get accepted. Yeah. Well, and the realtors, they're there to help you buy the house for the right price. The right price isn't necessarily less than the listing price. It's how much are you able to buy the house for? And when you're in this sort of market, sometimes more often than not, it means paying more money than what it's listed for. Market price is pretty much by definition, the value of some what somebody's willing to pay. Right. And if you get someone that's missed out on five bidding wars, air quotes for those listening, then they are probably getting fed up and they will probably step up their game to get it over with. All right. So let's talk about conditions, strategies, tips, tricks, blah, blah, blah. So, so you mentioned tightening up conditions or removing them completely. Yes. Inspection. Listen, a home inspection in my opinion, most of the time is for your peace of mind. How many times have you, if you can think of it, have you had a home inspection where there was a deficiency that was significant enough? Two homes in my entire career. I'm about the same. It's very rare. So one was recently. Yeah. We found out, uh, and it's by fluke that we, we were able to get this property and get a home inspection in it. We overpaid for the home. We know that. So going back to your point about paying in the purchase price for your home inspection, right? Uh, I'll, I'll I'll elaborate on that in a second. We were lucky enough to have this home inspection completed. Our home inspector uh, found Kai Tech plumbing 
and it was basically hidden. So I wouldn't have been able to determine it just by going through a showing. And I knew that we were going to put a home inspection in it because there were some renovations that I wanted to, I wasn't comfortable. If my, if my clients bought it without a home inspection, I would have been uncomfortable. And I told them that. Um, so we had the home inspection. Kitech plumbing was found. Kitech uh, plumbing is fine, but when you have brass fittings on the Kitech plumbing, because the Kitech plumbing has aluminum inside, um, the brass and the aluminum they're not a good marriage for each other, and corrosion starts to happen over time, and then leaks start happening, and you don't know when that's going to happen, and you could have a and now home. there are a lot of insurance companies that won't insure them. Correct or if they do insure it and find out later the leak was because of that, maybe you're going to have issues, whatever. 10 grand to replace it. Plus it's the headache, right? Because you're going through a renovation now. You're opening up walls and pulling stuff out. So anyways, they decided uh, they didn't want to go through all that, even if the seller was willing to give a price concession to um, kind of offset the cost and the troubles, which I don't believe that they would have Did enough to compensate. Uh, I don't know. I think they took it off the market or... Interesting. I don't know. Maybe they're doing the repairs now themselves so they don't run into... I, I hope that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, you'd think so. Otherwise, they should disclose it. Yeah. Anyways, good go to keep our eyes on it. The other one was um, folks that actually lived on our street and uh, they wanted to get into an older part of town, bigger lot. Uh, bigger home. At that point, they just had their second child. They now have three. Um, And the home was great. Lot was perfect. Had a pool, everything they wanted. Home inspector went up into the attic. And what happened was the hose from the, uh, the venting hose from the bathroom um, went through the attic and you say hose, you mean the vent, the vent. Yeah. yeah. For the bathroom fan. Yes. Okay. The venting for the fan. Right. Uh, went through the attic to the roof and that's the way it's supposed to be venting. Right. What happened was the, the actual vent, the hose or whatever you want to call it came off of the, um, the exterior piece. Right. So they were venting into the attic. So it was venting into the attic. All that moisture from the bathroom. Correct. So every time they were showering and all that moisture is getting sucked up by the fan and they think they're doing good, it was actually going into the attic for years. Right. Mold. Mold everywhere. Yeah. And now there are um, remediations available. That's what the sellers ended up doing. So obviously my, my buyer said... Uh, I'm not comfortable with this. We got two kids, one on the way. Don't want to deal with it. Don't want anything to do with mold. Okay. Well, the way our clauses or conditions are written are that it enables you to walk away at your discretion and get your deposit back in full. So that's what they did. So those were my two instances in all of the many homes that we've sold over the last 10 years. Uh, I've only had two that have not come together based on inspection. Now I have had ones where there were tons of deficiencies, a lot of little things, some bigger things, and then you, you negotiate. Yeah. 
right? So seller decides, okay, I understand all of these deficiencies and I'm willing to give you a concession on the price. So here's a whatever, 10 grand discount. Do you want to take it? Uh, or you approach the sellers and say, well, based on all these deficiencies, here's now what I'm willing to offer. So right. most of the time that comes together. Here's the thing. Inspectors can really only see what they can see with their eyes and now thermal. maybe with the thermal imaging. So yeah. you'll see heat loss or um, leaks potentially. You'll see some of that. If you get a good home inspector, they'll they'll be able to show you any kind of those deficiencies. But who knows? Maybe your inspector missed something. Maybe there's an issue in the foundation in the finished basement that won't get revealed until, you know, fall. I don't know. Certain climates do certain things to homes. Um, maybe in a windstorm, you realize that 10 of your shingles aren't adhered properly and let water. Right. There's all kinds of At things. At the end of the day, happen. they need to determine um, if they're competing against a significant amount of offers. The probability of any offer getting accepted with conditions is probably low. And if you do have conditions, and this goes back to how much is it costing you, let's say it's a million dollar house or your offer is a million bucks. Two offers, both a million bucks. One has no conditions, one has conditions. Obviously, the one with no conditions, uh, no conditions is likely the one being accepted. So the question now is... If the offer is exactly the same. Yes. Yeah, so of course. Now the question is, if you do have a home inspection, how much more over the million dollars would you have to pay for the seller to consider going that route? Every seller is going to be different. For sure. At that price point, I can see someone... 20? For ten dollars to $20,000. 20 might be... 20 would probably be like, yeah, okay, for 20 grand, I'll wait five days kind of thing. But even then, it's a risk. 10,000, I don't know if that would buy it. For 10 grand? Probably not, because in a million dollar home, can you easily find 10 grand worth of deficiencies? Maybe, maybe not. Right. It's a risk. It's like going to the casino, right? Both, both parties at that point, are, it's like you're going to the casino. And that's how I re relate a lot of that discussion with our buyers. Um, you're taking a risk. You're taking you're gambling. Yeah. With no home inspection. Um, if you've done your due diligence, you crossed all your T's, dotted all your I's, got all your paperwork in, and have a good mortgage broker working on your behalf. Um, the finance condition, I mean, if if you're good, you're good. Well, the question then becomes Although, if somebody's adamant about having a home inspection, are they really are they maybe overly particular people that are really concerned and they're gonna be picky about but hang on. Uh, the mortgage condition, because yeah. that's the easy one to talk about. Right. Most financial institutions and lenders right now want an appraisal on the property. So if by chance the home is a million bucks and you offered 1.3, the appraisal comes in at a million. If you're only putting 20% down on that property, you might actually have to cough up the difference if you don't want to pay insurance on it because yeah so you got to be careful with well it becomes more of an issue if you're putting five percent down yes if it's an insured mortgage right yeah but then your down payment 
has to be topped up to cover the difference between your 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 down yes. your initially planned down payment. Yeah. I mean, nobody knows your financial situation better than you do. So as a buyer, you need to know how confident you are in your approval. Make sure you're working with a mortgage broker or mortgage agent at a bank that knows what they're doing. And no mortgage broker or mortgage agent is likely to tell you, yeah, go in with no condition, no problem, because they're going to cover their ass and say, you know, I'd recommend it. So you really need to do your due diligence and know your financial situation. It's funny because mortgage brokers are in the uh, uh, catch-22. They're in the crosshairs of of this transaction because they're not going to tell you to waive your mortgage condition because- Of course not. Right. They got to cover your butt, their butt, um, because in the instance that they didn't do something on their end, but told you, okay, you're good for a million bucks, you go in firm, you bring the contract to them, and then they go, oh, we have a problem here, Houston- well, it's like uh, us. So they're not going to tell you to remove the condition. Uh, but mortgage broker ain't getting the business unless you buy the house. Right. And you're not going to buy the house with that condition. Right. Well, so, and it's no different than us. We're not going to tell you not to do a home inspection. We're just going to tell you that if you do the home inspection, you're not going to buy the house. Yeah, well... It, it it's a lengthier conversation, obviously, sure. than that. And uh, our job is educating and making sure that people are comfortable and that they know the 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 pros, the cons, the good, the bad, the ugly. Here's right? a good solution, and it's happening right now. Um, offer presentations. You know the date. If you're confident you want to buy the house and you're confident that you have the ability financially to likely stand a chance in buying it. Do your own home inspection ahead of time. Yes. So Heather just, uh, she's going to firm up on a deal today. There was an offer presentation. She was up against other offers. The buyer for that property had previously purchased a home with her uh, a few months ago. And they did a home inspection on it. And the home inspection was bad. There was a lot of foundation issues, leak problems. They said, no, we don't want to deal with it. So they Mm -hmm. walked away. Based on that experience... They wanted to know that this house was um, suitable. Um, so they actually did the inspection a couple of days prior to the offers being reviewed, re- uh, re- um, uh, revealed minor deficiencies. So they were okay moving forward. It's worth the five, six hundred bucks uh, to give yourself that peace of mind. Yeah. Now, let's talk about, so we, we kind of touched on home inspection, kind of touched on mortgage condition. If you're doing any deals right now, having those two conditions in your offer, if you're up against other offers, is significantly lowering your chances of getting that deal. We know that. Unless to your point, you severely overpay. And when I say overpay, you're severely higher than the next best offer. Um, What about in a condo? So condos, they have what's known as a condo status certificate. Um, Those are hopefully, if you're selling a condo, you ordered it in advance and made it available for people to review prior to the offer date. If you didn't do that, you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yes. So any lawyer will tell you, oh, you've got to have a condition for review of the condo status so I can review it prior to you firming up on the purchase. Well, they're going to need it regardless. They're going to need it. Whether or not it becomes a part of the offer is the question. Correct. 
So now if you're not in multiple offers, you're not in a quote unquote bidding war, you have a, you have a condition in there to allow for two or three business days for your lawyer to review it. And just to point out, if they haven't ordered it, it takes up to 10 business days to get it. Yes. It does take for the most part. Almost always. Days. Yeah. Unless you, sometimes they have a expedited Rush service, service where you yeah. pay more money. But so for those of you that don't know, condo status certificates, uh, they come bundled with the uh, bylaws and the condo rules and regulations. So in there, it'll tell you, um, tells you quite a bit of information. It gives you the financials of the uh, corporation. The management company um, will break it all down and show you their their books, essentially. Uh, note, the lawyers don't really look at that stuff. Some do, some don't. I've yeah. had some where they... But they don't really dive into it, right? No, they'll tell you, oh, the... they'll, they'll, they'll caution you. They'll tell you, yeah. oh, this, this condo has a uh, thousand bucks in the condo reserve. So if anything happens, uh, they might be asking you for some more money. Yeah. They do that, but they don't really dive into it. Um, tells you, you know, what kind of pets you can have. Can you do any exterior painting or any changes without approval? That's why I don't understand why people don't do it ahead of time because that's information that helps. You with need the to sale. know. Can you barbecue on the right? Um, on the on the balcony. Um, you know what's included, what's not included, who's responsible for what? Are the windows? Anyways, that's so. Let me just finish. Yeah. Uh, and then the condo status says, uh, are the monthly maintenance payments up to date? How much are they? Do they match what's in the offer? Is the parking owned exclusive? Um, what's the parking number? Well, some locker. people say there's two parking, but it's really just one with a little parking pass that gives you use right. of a second spot if there's one available. So I'm perfectly comfortable reviewing all of that myself, even though a lawyer should, I can look at pretty much any condo status certificate and tell you if it's okay or not. Yeah. Not my job, really. They're relatively straightforward. But, um, but I've had enough guidance good from good lawyers. Have a lawyer review. Yeah. It. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So get it in advance. Don't put that condition in. It's going to bite you. Now, what about rural? So, well, rural people are concerned about well and septic. Yep. And rightfully so. Could be also, um, depending on the oil age of the house or propane. Too. Yeah. Could also have pools. Well, pools can exist anywhere. This time of year, you can't really inspect At the a end pool. of the day, we don't need to get into too much detail. We're going to go on forever. But at the end of the day. I like talking to you. At the end of the day, you need to determine how bad do you want the house and and understand that in, in a market where you're likely competing against other people to buy houses, you need to determine if you're willing to take the risk that it takes. It all comes down to risk. To buy the house. It all comes down to risk. Yes. And if you don't want to compete against people, go find the ugliest, shittiest house that's been on the market for a while. Or if you're an investor. Or if you're an investor, find those houses and go buy them with all the conditions you want because they will not balk at it. But if you're competing. If it's been on the market a while. If it's been on the market for a while. Yeah, you're yeah. unlikely to go into any house within the first week and get a crazy deal. Right now, it. I would say within the first two weeks. Yeah. Um, you're, you're, you're not stealing anything. No. I bet um, if you're not competing, 
it's likely you'll be fine to put conditions and they probably won't push back on that. So. And can, maybe we should just explain why the conditions are so important. And the, the reason is, let's say we have five people lined up to buy one of our houses. And because there's those five people lined up to buy the house, that pushes the price up. So the seller's like, well, if I take an offer with conditions, that person backs out. Now I have to go back to the market. I've already put my house, basically put it on hold for them to fulfill these, these conditions. Now we're going back to the market. There's no guarantee these people will be interested anymore. I have to start from scratch. Maybe I don't have five people lined up at the door again, and I'm going to get significantly less money. So that's why it's so important from a seller's perspective. And there are variables in the market that can influence the, the, the sales. So if you just sold your million dollar home conditional and the exact same house uh, didn't do as good of a job negotiating and sold for nine seventy five, dollars uh, now when you go back onto market, your comp is direct nine seventy five because it's sold in the same market in the same time frame, same house. Yeah. Uh, so you have to be really careful. And then by the time you do go back onto the market, to your point, those buyers might not be around. Maybe they bought, maybe one of them bought that 975 house. Well, when you first list and a house, you're hitting that big pool of people that are actively Sure. Waiting. And now, now you're on the market for 10 days. Yeah. Probably. Maybe a little bit more, closer to that two-week mark, most likely. Yeah. Um, it's not going back into people's inboxes as a new listing. And even if you cancel the old listing and relist it as a new listing to do that, make it a fresh, brand new listing, buyers aren't stupid. They're wa they are watching realtor.ca or realtor websites. Like, I mean, my buyers for the most part are on there two hours a day. Yeah, more than us. More than us. They are sleeping in bed and listening to you talk asmr <laughs> uh so now if you are going to put an offer okay tomorrow's offer night we're going to put an offer in you've decided on this million dollar house you are going to offer a million sixty let's just say okay You've decided the offer is going to be firm. So you have no conditions. You nail down a price. There's two other variables that sometimes people forget about. One, closing date. You got to know when the sellers would like to close. And you so should most, be accommodating. Most, most realtors will try and keep it vague. Because they don't want to show their cards, right? So even sure, if I did an offer the other day where he said ninety days should be fine. Then we send the offer, and then he's like, actually, they want thirty, right? Yeah. So he just wanted the paperwork. Well, to and first. how many times it says sixty to ninety days, blah blah That's, blah blah blah. Yeah. And then you get into negotiating. And they say actually, the, they have to have May seventh, right? Oh, all of a sudden they have to have a specific date. Yeah. So you need to know that specific date. And at that point, if you are in competition with other offers if the realtor isn't disclosing it uh, i i would be surprised because at that point you know they they want to get everything that they can right and for your peace of mind if they disclose it to one person they must disclose it legally they must disclose it correct. to everybody correct and at that point i would probably even update the actual listing yeah um you got to give them that date and for whatever reason you can't 
you now have to financially compensate for that. So keep that in mind. So if you're March 1st putting an offer in and they want a closing of mid-April, but you have to close mid-May, now just understand they are carrying that home for an additional month. They may or may not be able to do that. Most people probably could by way of bridge loans or what have you, but there's a cost associated. Right. So, and inconvenience. So now you're going to pay them for the cost and the inconvenience factor. So if the other offer is also a million sixty, with their preferred closing date, you're probably going to have to be at a million seventy, a million seventy-five. That's my guess. That depends on their carrying costs. Depends on at least five grand, oh, minimum, for sure. minimum. For sure. Yeah. Um, and at that point, that's that's probably just the carrying cost. So then you're right, right, probably ten grand at least, because you have the carrying cost plus the inconvenience. Correct. So you got to know the closing date. The other thing is the deposit. Typical five percent. If you're in a multiple offer bidding war type of scenario, don't come in with a ten thousand dollar deposit on a million dollar home. That doesn't show financial stability. Doesn't show that you've got enough money to to um, support a good well, down and, payment. Yes, uh, oh, on this on hand. this property. You just gave me the hand. I did. Are I you? did. I'm on a roll here. Uh, if for whatever reason you do not complete the transaction and we have had this before and it worked in our benefit because we had a huge deposit, if for whatever reason you as the buyer do not complete that transaction, the seller may have recourse. And most of the time it's against their mitigated damages, right? So they got to go back onto the market. Now they don't sell for a million sixty, they sell for a million. So because you backed out, they lost 60 grand. Now they had to pay us again to do a job again. We like it. We get paid twice. Well, if you're nice, maybe you give them a break, but um, still costs involved, right? Got to restage the home, re-photograph, blah, 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 closing blah, blah. dates a month or two later. Right. Lots so in things. our instance, when we had this happen. I remember it. About, uh, well, two years ago, it was in that mar- market fluctuation period. Because the buyers of uh, our listed property couldn't sell their home. Well, they could have, just not at the valuation they wanted. Anyway, they got sued. Our seller sued them and won. Yeah. And And the lawyer specifically called me and said, thank you for getting such a sizable deposit. Because if we didn't have that, we wouldn't have had a good case. Right. So from a seller's perspective, they want that security. They need that security, especially in a market like this when it's hot and their expectations for their next home is based on selling it at that valuation. Um, and especially when you're up against, um, when, when you have multiple offers. So you, they want that security. So Well, and to understand what goes on, on the other side of the equation is when we're representing sellers and we're showing them offers with low deposits... They are questioning, they're asking us, they're saying, well, you know, why is the deposit so low? Do you think, what does this mean? Yeah. Does it mean, do you think it means, that whole explanation. It, do you think it means that they are, they don't have the financial means to purchase a home or they're, they themselves are concerned about giving a big deposit in case it doesn't go through. So these are the things that go through their mind that right. we experience daily. Well, and then if you think realistically, 
like the street smarts about it. On a million dollar home, you come in with a ten or twenty thousand dollar deposit. Well, hello, you're putting more down payment. So where's that down payment coming from? Right. Well, and 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 if that down payment's coming from an existing property, right? What is that existing property, and is it going to sell? And is it going to sell for the value that you you are anticipating? Right. Well, a new build deposits are at least double that. Well, I, as you know, uh, over the last couple of weekends, uh, made several appearances to several um, new build sites. And basically, you cannot purchase a new home with less than Mm -hmm. $100,000, $120,000 provided over a four-month period. And that's for like a small townhome. It's a lot of money. Huge. And you're tying it up for nine months to a year at minimum more most of them were closing like uh a lot that uh, i had uh, an eye on was in june uh my clients ended up um purchasing one and the closing is in uh uh, mid-december so that was the one of the earlier lots available yeah so you gotta have a good deposit get it ready to go go to the bank Get a bank draft, make it payable to the seller's brokerage. If, you, if, it, if the presentation is not in person, which oftentimes now it is not, it's done electronically. It's done in the convenience of the... Send a picture. Send a picture. Yeah. With a little letter. Then they know you're send serious. Send a picture. Here, here's the deposit. So if you accept it, I ha- you know what I usually do in, a, um, in that scenario? I send a picture. I send a letter from the buyers as well. Well, I, I draft up a letter telling the seller who is the buyer. Here's a little bit about my buyer. How long I've been working f- with them. How long I know them. Talk about their qualification process. Yeah. A picture of the deposit in hand, ready to go. Nice clean offer where there's no mistakes. There's no errors and there's no spelling errors. There's no, uh, you didn't miss information. You, you have the full legal description. You've, you know exactly what's included, what's excluded. You know what the rental items are. You've given no reason for the other realtor to say, oh, we like your offer, but we got to send it back because you made a mistake. Right. So you got to send a nice clean offer, copy of the deposit. Nice That's letter. a big thing. Yes. Nice package. Okay. Realtors like working with professional realtors, things that are done well and things that make their life easier too. How many times have I worked with somebody or had offers come in where I just, you get this gut feeling that it's not going to go well. Well, you get a gut feeling. How about you get an offer from somebody that, you know, doesn't sell many homes and has five or six errors in the offer. How do you realistically say to your seller, uh, it's a good offer, but well, we, we got to send this offer back because there's five errors in it. So let me just finish this whole uh, uh, um, explanation on how I um, present that offer, especially when it's electronically. So I send a nice cover letter. I send that copy of the um, deposit. I send a nice clean offer so they can just sign it. And have the peace of mind. But then what I make a point of is saying, if you sign this offer tonight, I will physically drive this 
check this bank draft to you now. So I don't need to meet with you. I don't need to meet with your sellers. They're comfortable in their PJs. You're having a glass of wine, whatever. I will physically drop off this check to you tonight. You're not going to wait till tomorrow. But if you want to wait till tomorrow, that's fine. Here's a picture. I've got it. It's yours. So that goes a long way too. Yeah. And people do have sentimental value. So write a story, send the cover letter, send a photo. The real estate agent can send a video. Hey, Bill and Betty, thanks so much for considering our offer. Just so you know a little bit about our clients. They also have twins. That's what got them really excited seeing the bedroom set up that way. Blah, 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 blah. You know if what If they else? can connect with them emotionally, they may accept your offer that's less than another offer because they like who it's going to. You know how I have also won a lot of um, multiple offer situations this year is I give the sellers an explanation about who I am. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Who our team is, what we represent, what we do for our buyers. Because it is a mutual relationship at that point. If you accept my offer, yes, you are dealing with your realtor that you chose. But now you're also dealing with me. So you're kind of choosing me too. I think that's a big step that a lot of realtors, most realtors miss. Yeah, absolutely. They want to know you're competent. Now, um, what's your thoughts? Because this is a big debate. Okay, let's wrap this up on this. I've had this discussion with um, our broker owner, Bill Miller. I've had this discussion with a lot of realtors. You as a seller and the seller's agent, do you want to review offers in person or electronically? And then put your buyer hat on, you as the buyer's agent, do you want to review offers in person or electronically? And now. Off the record, does it make a difference and do you care? I used to think doing it in person um, as a buyer, I used to think doing it in person as a buyer was advantageous. And I think it was. But I think now that we can use electronic signatures legally, we're allowed to do that. And with how convenient it is for everybody involved, I don't think there's a difference. I think as long as You've covered all variables that we've discussed. I think as long as you're easy to communicate with, everybody's readily available, I think you'll have the same outcome. So, and I agree. Here's the thing. There are a lot of realtors, ones that have been around for a long time, ones that have been around for maybe not even a long time, but got trained by quote unquote old school realtors. They want to do it in person. Right. Now, if I'm representing the seller, there are advantages of having people lined up out on your street and creating that emotional effect and blah, blah, blah. But there is also a huge advantage of having the control of the situation by doing it electronically. And it's way, way, way more efficient. Yeah. I can go through five, six offers when we have offer presentation. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I know it. I can get through it. If I say offers are being reviewed at seven, I will have all of the offers in by seven. Yes. And then I'm having a conference call, video conference or or just a call with my clients going through all seven offers or six offers, whatever, 
all at the same time. First, I break down just the gist. Here's, here's offer number one, boom, boom, boom. Here's offer number two, boom, boom, boom. And then we narrow it down. And then I go into more detail with them. And of course, thorough review for the one that they're leaning towards. Mm -hmm. I can get that done, signed, sealed, delivered in an hour. Easy. Yeah. If you have seven offers and you're doing a presentation at the house you're there all and you're starting at seven, you're not done till 11 probably. Yeah. Because then you'll have realtors, you know, dragging their ass on something or a seller had to go pee or I mean the buyer had to go pee and went to Tim Hortons and nobody likes sitting around in their car for hours. Sellers don't like this process. Uh, and then everything is documented electronically, signed, uh, 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 stamped. Time stamped, so there's no misrepresentation of any kind. I like it. I like the electronic method better, um, and it's and it's just super convenient for for whoever's uh, involved in the transaction. So I agree. Looks like he has to go potty. So how do you know? Am I moving around a lot? I just drank this whole cup of tea and I had a coffee before that. I gotta go. So uh, on that note, thank you uh, for listening to episode 68 of KT Confidential. Shoot us a DM, uh, ask us any questions, and we will talk about it in the next episode. Ciao. Ciao.